Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast where women can share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. Ireland's Birth Stories is brought to you by Nice to Meet You Ireland, a group created to bring women together. In this episode, we chat to Kitty and she talks us through her pregnancy and the birth of her son Atticus. Kitty's whole world revolves around expecting mums, their postpartum journey and is also a lactation consultant. So it's really nice to hear a point of view from someone who works in the industry, but also how they manage with change. Kitty had some birth preferences, um, but I'll let you hear in, in the in our chat, but she did have to deal with change. She applied her hypnobirthing techniques, which she also teaches. I hope you enjoy this lovely episode. So Katie, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your birth, birth story with Atticus. I'm really excited to hear all about it and deep dive into it. So if you can just start by just giving us a little introduction. Perfect. So my name is Kitty. I am mum to Atticus and I'm also bonus mama to Jess who is eight. So Atticus is actually my second pregnancy. So I had a little girl before him. So he was a very precious pregnancy. He was like, a, he was a rainbow baby is the term that is being used. And it's just the most beautiful term. I love it. But um, it meant that every tiny little milestone I hit with him in my pregnancy, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is bonkers. Like what... What what's happening? Um, but in my day to day life, I read, eat, breathe, sleep, <laughs> birth, pregnancy, and breastfeeding. So I am um, I'm a nurse. I uh, was the very first thing that I did, and now I am a birth and postpartum doula. I'm a lactation consultant. I'm a hypnobirthing instructor and an antenatal educator. So I'm literally the full spectrum. Yeah. Um, so I'm um, so used to immersing myself in other people's. Uh, stories that when it came to my own I was like this is otherworldly feel like nothing ever fully prepares you and it was just very so different that I think it took me a very long time to be okay with the fact that like everything was going so well so I had a gorgeous healthy pregnancy and loved being pregnant but felt like this isn't happening, you know, this is, this is just, this isn't me, you know, I was, I was just going about my business as if nothing had really changed, um, which I don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. I think there was always, I think pregnancy after loss is a, such a huge topic that we really don't talk about, but it was so scary that I almost didn't allow myself to think that everything was ever going to be okay so his birth then was such a transformative experience because the minute that he was sort of placed up on my chest I was like 
whoa, okay, he's here now. This is okay. You can breathe. So it was um, maybe more so transformative than for somebody who'd never had that previous experience of loss before. And yeah. so throughout your pregnancy, then how did you feel? Did you have any early symptoms? Did you have any sickness or discomfort? No, I didn't. So I was, I was really lucky. I think I stayed working with my, you know, 13 hour shifts and my night shifts, my weekends and the whole lot pretty close to the end. So I was really, really lucky. I had very much like a healthy, healthy pregnancy, no major issues until we hit 35 weeks and he did not want to put his head down. So I knew very quick from very early on, just because of my work, that I wanted to have a home birth. I was like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. I knew you know, from the get-go that that was where I wanted to birth my baby. And I had done all the research that you could possibly do and, um, you know, felt very comfortable and very confident in that decision. So much so that I bought my birth pool, like, goodness knows, like 20 weeks or something. I was like, this is exactly what I want. Um, And then he wouldn't go head down. So I was doing, I was upside down for at least a month. And he was 37 and a half weeks by the time he actually turned. Okay, so gosh. it was, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my goodness, this baby's never going to turn. All of my dream birth ideas, you know, yeah. uh, were out the window. And I, it was this, you know, this almost awful moment of like everything that I possibly, you know, I, I couldn't fathom how it could go any other way. Um, so eventually then he flipped around one evening and all of my ideas came back into vision again I was like great so that was a relief yes total relief and it's funny because um I started then kind of having to wrap my head around the idea of a cesarean birth and but it's interesting because I think in this world where we like to have you know our holidays planned three years in advance and you know our sort of our 10-year plans and our five-year plans and our diaries and you know sort of even inputting our zoom calls at the moment mm. we like to know what's happening and I was really really like it taught me complete humility and to just go with what I you know I had to and I think pregnancy is one of those weird things as well where it's happening whether you like it or not and your body is changing whether you like it or not and I think so many of us kind of don't realize that like it's such a big transformative thing in that sense too like I think it took me a very long time to kind of be okay with my pregnant body and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff it was yeah there's a like sort of this whole other aspect to it where it wasn't all dreamy and beautiful um but eventually he went head down anyway so I was like oh fantastic um and you and your midwife then at that stage and you'd obviously had your your checks through your midwife but had you attended the what uh, maternity hospital had you attended as well so uh yeah thank you I was I'm a complete waffler I'll go off on a tangent you turn me back um so I so there's two choices so there's your you either go privately so you go with an independent midwife so private midwives Ireland tend to be the body there or you go through the HSC scheme and if you're lucky enough to have a HSC home birth um midwife near you you can do that so I actually one of my friends um was a home birth midwife and she was able to come so I had had all of my antenatal visits with her and she links in with then someone else nearby her so there's two at your birth so um 
I think my oh, um, first yeah. midwife actually was your second midwife at your birth. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so lovely. So I had Anya. I think Anya yeah. was your second midwife. Yeah, yeah. She, Anya was oh, my was my um, first midwife, and Brenda was my second. Yeah. Yes. Literally, exactly the other way around for me. So they are <laughs> seven, aren't they? Oh my goodness! I'm like, can I just like bundle you up and keep you with me as my like positive person on I my know, shoulder yeah. at all times? I have these fantastic photos of the two of them like up crocheting on the sofa because my labour was so long. <laughs> they're just a gorgeous team as well aren't they they really know each other and respect each other yeah yeah so it's so lovely um yeah I honestly I think it's such an important decision too isn't it and you have to be so comfortable with them and I've got I'm even having conversations at the moment with um a birth doula client of mine and she's kind of like I don't know I don't know about the feeling that I get and it's it's so huge yeah. and I think that's one of the lovely things about a home birth is you can choose that mm-hmm. you can know the face that is going to come into your home and help you bring your baby outside and that's so big I mean for the women who could birth in hospital it could be anybody and it's really hard and it's a new face and I think that was one of the hugely appealing factors for me in having mm-hmm. a home birth I'm sure you were the same it's just you getting getting to handpick that person and knowing who they are and them knowing you knowing and knowing you, that was huge yeah. for me yeah yeah absolutely and knowing what you want and not kind of having to relay sort of your your preferences for your birth to every face that comes into the room again yeah, yeah. and they're going to respect your decisions because they know them already they're they're already steps ahead yeah exactly yeah no no yeah, yeah. no I completely get I understand yeah <laughs> um so we were very lucky I think (laughs) um so I have these two gorgeous women on my team um but I so I was like oh yeah I'm gonna go early for some reason you know you have this in your head I was like he's dropped I'm gonna feel loads of pressure I'm gonna go early uh definitely did not happen I was nearly 42 weeks so it was like on the brink of like you know, we might have to sort of start looking at seeing how things are going and we'll start t- looking at induction. And um, did you have a sweep at all or did you have that discussion? No. So it was, it, I hadn't gotten to that point. I'd had discussions with Brenda and I said, you know, what's the story? What do you guys normally do? And I was like, look, you know, I'm happy to try one, see whether it does anything. And um, at that stage, I'd kind of been doing everything else I could possibly do but um she was like ah no sure the baby's grand you're grand you know she's so chill she was like you can get one if you really want one you know and I was like well if you don't think I need one and I don't think I need one and everything's fine so we just ended up didn't do it in the end but um I went for a really long walk it was Paddy's day and I was like there's no way in heck I'm having a Paddy's day baby like <laughs> this is not happening I do not want my baby to be born with like and we come from the middle of nowhere so it's literally that you you blink and you miss our village you know okay. it's so we had our Paddy's Day Parade was, I think, about four tractors of varying r- levels of like rustiness and, you know, a few sheep. Like it was really hilarious. So um, I was like, OK, I'll go to the parade. And then my mum was having like, you know, green sandwiches or green pasta or something for lunch. And she was having all her pals over. And I was like, I'll tootle up there, say hello to everyone and then go for a little walk so went up and everyone was like oh you're still pregnant and I was like oh god this is the worst idea ever <laughs> so yes, the yes, pressure <laughs> yes yeah I'm 
you don't say. I didn't realize myself. <laughs> so, of course, I was there, you know, waddling around the place, answering the same question over and over again and getting totally like, why did I think this is a good idea? I should have yeah. just stayed home. But um, I, it sort of pushed me then because I was like, okay, I, I just need to breathe. Or, you know, just from social situations, sometimes you just need to go and be, have a bit of peace and quiet afterwards. Yeah. So, or at least I do anyway. So myself and my sister, she was like, come on, we're going to go and like walk this baby out. And I was like, yeah, tough, you know, that's not going to happen. And um, off we went. So we went on this beautiful river walk that we have nearby us. And, you know, I toddled along and I wasn't, you know, kind of putting myself under too much pressure. But kind of halfway through, I noticed that I was having to sort of stop and breathe. And I was like, oh, hang on a second now. Maybe this is working. Uh, bearing in mind, he was head down at this stage. So I wasn't yeah. walking myself into a breech birth. Um, <laughs> so things started to amp up and I was getting really excited. And, um, you know, it was good we kept going you know I was like right this is actually doing something let's keep walking don't do not recommend that for any first time mums now because I walked the absolute legs off myself I was was so exhausted then yeah oh totally exhausted um went on to have like a four-day labor so I would not be recommending it for anybody now it was I was so tired but we went for this beautiful long walk things were happening and then I was like okay I'm gonna go home now went home and sure didn't everything totally ease off so we had I think I had these like spicy bean burgers and a salad and then I was like come on we'll get into bed because you never know and I was woken up at three o'clock in the morning and my surges had come back and they were really regular and I was like deadly this is it and um I was you know managing absolutely fine mm-hmm. and then um you know I was in and out to the shower I was on my ball I woken my husband up at that stage they were coming I'd say between sort of seven and 10 minutes apart. And I was like, gosh, is this, you know, this is, this is great, but they're not, they weren't very long at that stage. So maybe lasting 30 seconds. And I was coping fine, you know, sort of tootling away, quite happy. And um, I said, you know, I might, because my mom had said she wanted to come down. She only lived around the corner. So it got to about five o'clock in the morning. And I said, I'd give her a little text and just see that she awake. And she came legging it down around the corner. Oh my God, you're having your baby, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's in here. What's happening? I like tell the whole world, you know? So she had bumped into three of her neighbors on her way down who had seen her running. And of course, the whole of my local village knew then. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> you know, baby. yeah, Everyone the comes the news of the day yeah totally and like so so typical Irish you know um so you know everyone and their mother knew um so she came running in and I think possibly because her birth experiences were very medicalized she didn't realize what it looked like to be in active labor at home you know on your own and to for it to be you to be perfectly okay so she got the fright of her life bless her she was like oh my god where's the midwife what's happening and she called the midwife on my behalf even though I was probably doing okay so Brenda was like oh my gosh I'm coming I'm on my way and she didn't Brenda arrive and she was like all right okay well we're probably grand here for another little while but because she lived so far away she stayed so I was doing fine, pottering up and down. My absolute saviors were um, in and out to the shower, on the loo, facing backwards. I had like the pillow laying across and just laying my head down, listening to my hypnobirthing tracks. And then when things started ramping up a little bit more, we set up the birthing pool. So we had 
the pool like inflated and ready to rock from about 36 37 weeks anyway so I was only dying to get this up and I'd be a total water baby anyway like I, I love bath and I love swimming and I was just dying to get into it and oh, oh my gosh did you have a birthing pool yes oh my are you like dying to have another baby just to get into it I told Anya I'd be a surrogate and have a baby home birth every year. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I was actually like, who, whose baby can I birth? Like, <laughs> yeah. but I genuinely dream about getting back into the pool. Like, yeah. it was so blissful. And um, that combined with the gas and air, I was like, I'll just stay here all day. Thanks very much. Like, it, I was so fine. But at this stage, I had been laboring for two full days. So it got to nighttime then and while I was doing okay, we um, weren't massively sure had my waters gone kind of earlier on in the day. So we weren't able to kind of get a sample of it, but I was like, I just have a feeling, you know, I just, I wasn't, couldn't be sure had they, um, had they released when I was in the, in the pool itself. Yeah. So bearing that in mind, Brenda was like, okay, I think we might have to send you in. So interestingly, uh, bearing in mind this is you know completely not on my agenda I was reasonably okay with it and I was like okay this is what happened this is fine um poor husband was like oh my god this was not in our plan but um hence why I say birth preferences not birth plan yeah and um I'm definitely like huge advocate of that now but um so we packed up everything and I you know really hadn't created much of a bag for going into hospital I was like well you know what do I need sure a nighty and you know maybe a nappy would be grand and that's literally what I packed so I packed the most bonkers things you know when you're a neighbor you're not really thinking straight and I was like okay well I need my essential oils (laughs) like I wasn't thinking at all you know so I had this bag with like snacks water essential oils and I think like a nighty and a pair of knickers like it was (laughs) so funny (laughs) and we don't live near a hospital at all so we were kind of thinking about the logistics of how are we going to get me in um so I decided that for whatever reason I didn't want to be in our tiny micro so um I went into the back of Brenda's car and I was facing facing the rear so I was in all in the passenger seat I had my gas and air with me and I was literally turned around leaning against the back seat um and I think power of my mind at this stage I just told myself over and over again that I did not want to give birth in the car so I was I I completely shut my body down honestly my surges completely disappeared I think I had two in the entire 40 minute journey bearing in mind they were like stacked on top of each other before that Mm. so it was I was sort of astonished at how powerful the power of my mind was, but um, it completely put a hold on things. I was waiting for Oliver to leave um, my house to go to my parents and yeah. I, my surges completely slowed down because I knew he was still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah amazing, isn't it? I think, mm. I mean, it goes back to like, us being you know cavemen and women and if there's something nearby us that's going to be a threat or you know it's a bear nearby generally speaking we don't have you know we we wait until all of those risks have gone and I think there was a piece of research that looked at women who were pregnant during the war and that they actually went and a further two weeks overdue just to have their babies once things had calmed down Um, and so yeah it's amazing yeah 
makes perfect sense though right yeah. like I was like yeah you know your body knew and you released all of the hormones that corresponded with that so um it took a while then for me to kind of get back in the swing of things I think certainly not helped by you know the new change in scenery and the environment was not conducive to calm and I think possibly the excitement of that night was oh my goodness home birth transfer so um the girls were on high alert when I arrived and they were like oh my goodness how long have you been laboring what's going on what's happening and I was like can I just get into a bath like <laughs> where is my bath <laughs> so um you know the manager came in and she assessed me she said I need to examine you and then um so I was about six centimeters at this stage Okay. and um she she was like we need to put you on a trace we need to do you know get start you on oxytocin we need to do all of this stuff and um you know I knew in my heart of hearts that I could refuse anything but at the same time I wanted to stay on their good side so I was like perfect how about we come to I don't know why I was so so able to do this I was so lucid I was my poor husband I was like now you're gonna have to speak on my behalf and I'm glad he didn't in the end <laughs> but um I was like how about we come to a kind of you know somewhere we'll meet in the middle so I was like okay do a 20 minute trace if baby's okay I'm allowed to get up and go and move and do my own thing for an hour and see what happens so a little bit of battling doctors came in oh I don't know about that now and I was like well you know is my baby okay yeah am I okay yeah okay well then let's let's try this so it was a bit of a battle and um yeah I suppose it's it's a good lesson to sort of stand up for yourself and I wouldn't in general in 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 day-to-day life would not put myself down as somebody who's good at battling for what I want so that really, um, I suppose it was a good start to motherhood because I was like, I'm going to have to stand up for this little person for, yeah. you know, as their mother for the rest of their life. So, it was, so why do you think that you were successful in, in getting them to agree with you? How um, did you manage that? Asking questions. Yeah. So I literally was, I, was, I knew at the back of my mind that I, I could... I could refuse every anything that I didn't have to go with what they were saying so asking questions and I used um you know I, I teach this algorithm of it's your brain kind of looking at you know your b your r your aiin and um, but ultimately if you don't remember that it comes down to is my baby okay and am I okay as in is there something that I need to be worried about whereby we would need to intervene with Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The normal uh, birthing process. And at that stage, there was absolutely nothing. So um, while I did have a very long labor and afterwards um, I realized I had a lovely midwife who later on examined me and said that he was totally OP, which means he was having a difficult time navigating the pelvis or he was sunny side up, um, which is often the case with these long labors and sort of feeling most of the surges in my back. Um, so it just meant that he was having a trickier time. It was a longer, a longer route for him because when babies are, are, are birthed, they have to spiral down the pelvis and um, he had to go the long, the long spiral basically. Um, so, so I just felt a lot of back pressure and back pains. The absolute savior for me was certainly the pool, but a lot of back um, acupressure. So the two little kind of sacral points um, were huge to me. I have fantastic photos of Brenda and Anya doing that on my back. It was so, so much relief. It changed my perception of how I was feeling them. Um, And honestly, that's what got me through it was yeah. absolutely Brenda fantastic was the same with me actually she just walked in the front yeah. door and just came straight over to me and did that and it was just yeah. changed yeah. immediately yeah. it's so interesting and I think um it's something that's so easy to like it's yeah. it's free it's you know it's something that you can do only during the surges so it means that you're kind of nearly looking forward to that sensation too um yeah definitely definitely helped me but um yeah so actually other than that everything was very normal up until that point and um while I wasn't massively happy being transferred into the hospital and they weren't massively happy with me once they had done a 20 minute trace and they could see that he was really happy and that you know everything was very normal in terms of my vital signs and everything they were happy to kind of leave me off for a little bit but wanted to keep a close eye on me so of course I tootled down to the only bath that was in the hospital and filled it up I had the lights down I had my little fairy lights out I had my hypnobirthing playing and um sure no sign of the contractions and they totally eased off um which I suppose you know in hindsight I probably could have argued for more time but at that stage I was like actually do you know what I kind of want to just meet my baby now and I was so tired so they said they'd leave me off for an hour so I tootled off had my bath nothing was really happening I was then kind of on my way back I was doing my squats and lunging up and down the hallway but they weren't really coming back to the extent that they would have liked to have seen them at so they started having conversations about oxytocin and um bearing in mind his heart rate had been absolutely fine up until then I was like okay he's probably going to be grand with it sometimes with oxytocin um because it changes the intensity of the surges babies don't tend to like it and it can make their heart rate drop a little bit which of course leads into further intervention Mm -hmm. so I was a little bit cautious of it but um it took a while for them to kind of get that set up anyway I was like yeah perfect okay let's let's do this let's meet this baby got me all connected and all set up 
and I think I was on oxytocin for maybe two hours and then I felt an urge to push so I was yeah I was I think it was just a little bit more power behind the surges that was needed so I was you know still doing all the same things it wasn't the birth that I envisioned at all but it was so perfect. It was so perfect. I think certainly helped by the fact that towards the end, I had a fantastic midwife who was just so gorgeous. You know, she was really, really like knew that I was kind of hurt about the fact that I had to come in and was just being really gentle with me and just a real mommy like, and um, she was just, you know, really kind of holding me through the whole thing and it was such a gorgeous positive experience I pushed for I think it was 10 minutes and he came straight up onto my chest I had no tears um it was just so blissful and I remember the very first thing that I said I turned around to my husband and I was like I'd do that again tomorrow and he was like what and I yeah that's you as well I was literally like give me that any day. Like I, I, I loved it. I loved giving birth and I cannot wait to do it again. It's, I think if it's, if you can feel empowered in your birth, it's such an amazing feeling. And I felt so proud of myself and so like, wow, I did it. That I don't think you get with anything else. Yeah. And what do you think it was that helped you maintain that strong state of mind considering you had this preference in your head and yeah how did you cope with all that I think I I think like unfortunately for the women who are listening I I knew what that looked like so I had seen so many births going so many different ways that I knew what the possibilities were I knew what the options were Mm -hmm. and I think a huge part of hypnobirthing which is what I teach and what I practice on a daily basis myself is being able to remain calm no matter what the circumstances are Mm -hmm. so we you know as a as hypnobirthing practitioners teach that you can apply these same techniques and principles to a cesarean birth you can apply them to a job interview you can apply them at any event in your life that's going to be sort of an upheaval or a stressful event and it carries right through to postpartum too so i was able to come back to my breath and sort of ground myself in my body and just let my body do what it needed to do and sort of be okay and be sort of be calm in that in that moment even though it wasn't what I had in my head so I think that I think that was it I think that was huge I think that I didn't really do anything. And actually, if anything, I probably did the opposite in so much as I hadn't even put that as an option in my head somehow. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in hindsight, I'm, I, I think that was, that was what it was. It was being able to just, you know, create as much of the environment that I could. So, um, you know, I, I did have the lights dimmed. I did have delayed cord clamping. I had skin to skin for an entire hour afterwards. I pushed him out myself. I was able to, um, you know, have a hot compress as he was crowning, which is blissful for those of you who don't know what it is. Um, but I had a lot of the components that I did want. So I think, had I not maybe I wouldn't feel so at ease with the whole thing but 
um if anything it's just made me more excited to have a home birth next time so <laughs> <laughs> and do you think it's important then for first time mums to educate themselves a little bit more maybe on mm-hmm. the alternatives the options they have so if they if for instance um another woman was to have a home birth that she knows that when she if she does have to have a transfer that she still has the option to bring her home birth into the hospital and still have the surroundings that she wants yeah yeah I actually talk a huge amount about this on my Instagram page I was doing my um my top 10 tips for a positive birth and that was a large factor of it is that you the positive part of it doesn't have to be the environment. It can be everything that you're bringing to the table. And a huge part of it is that, that education part. So um, I would always encourage first time mums to attend an antenatal education course that's outside of the hospital so unfortunately in Ireland we are the absolute kings and queens we are the royalty of active management of labour which for those of us who who don't know it's basically putting women on this conveyor belt system which means you go in and you dilate at one centimetre per hour and you have your baby within 12 hours which as you can imagine um, in my scenario I certainly would have fit into that category um, which would have meant going down the route of intervention and you know speeding things up so say maybe breaking my waters to get things going um popping up oxytocin which of course makes things a little bit more um intense and then oftentimes leading to um, instrumental deliveries episiotomies and um cesarean births so it increases the rate of all of those so whereas um an antenatal education sort of setting whether it be hypnobirthing gentle birth or antenatal classes they all teach you how to give birth and how to work with your birthing body outside of that medicalization of birth model so it teaches you um a lot more than just how to give birth in this specific system so it's really um the first thing that i would recommend people do along with um learning how to advocate for yourself in birth. So creating birth preferences and knowing what you want. And that might just be a case of you having a sheet, sitting down with your partner and going, okay, well, this thing here now, like, what does that even mean? Let's do a bit of research around that. And, um, you know, knowing where to look for information because there's a lot of mixed information out there. Dr. Google does not know everything. Um, There's, evidence-based birth is a fantastic place to start dr sarah wickham has some superb books um, that she's written about induction and vitamin k um i'm trying to think what else off the top of my head gentle birth do have some beautiful articles up there and just talking to your local doulas talking to your local antenatal educators they are that is their bread and butter so they know exactly who to contact um, and sources and people to talk to and what your different options are in your area so whether home birth is even an option for you or you might have the early transfer home team which means you might give birth in the hospital but you can get home to your family and to your comfy bed sooner than you might yeah a lot of people aren't aware of that and i think i think our antenatal classes definitely to be bruised up a little bit so and we mentioned it before um about like just showing people a theater for instance so if you do it have yeah. to have a c-section you're not you know this is what it looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think yeah you know, yeah just a little chapter in it just a yeah. 20 minute chat about what it yeah. entails and things that you can learn and you know i suppose 
what your options are it's huge I think a lot of us sort of go along like I said that conveyor belt we kind of we go to our doctor and we end up getting sort of signing our breath away to the nearest hospital and just go okay well I'll just take whatever's coming and it'll be fine and I'll, I'll just wing it and while yes our, our bodies are totally made to do this and you know your body will give birth whether you like it or not you can have it be um, in a certain system or have a birth that you advocate for and that you feel really empowered and positive afterwards Mm -hmm. and that might look totally different from myself compared to the person sitting next to me it might be I want an epidural the minute I get even a peep of a surge Mm -hmm. or it might be I want an elective cesarean birth and knowing what's right for you and doing your research around it is that's where it's all at I think Mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree how was your postpartum journey so how did you think you experienced the baby blues at all I was really lucky. I think I, I I didn't even have a peep of tears. I was so blissfully happy, but I set my standards very low. I was like, right, that's it. I'm plonked to the bed and I'm going to feed my baby the minute that he opens his eyes. And I'm going to, you know, I was really, I, you know, I'm just going to sit here and be fed. Thank you very much. So um, I also had a really great support team though. So I think that's a huge part of it. And I'll never forget this moment. And um, I'm so excited. She's hopefully going to go down the route of becoming a doula herself at some stage, because I keep saying it to her. But my sister, oh my goodness, she arrived. I think Atticus was three days old at this stage or maybe not even and at this stage I had you know barely showered my eyes were falling out of my head but I was blissfully happy you know and she came in she sort of tidied up downstairs she made me a sandwich and she's like okay I'm going to do skin to skin with Atticus the shower is running go out to the shower exfoliate wash your hair do all the stuff and she's like the minute he opens his eyes I'll let you know so of course you know two minutes into my shower she's like okay he's mooching leave your conditioner in it's going to nourish your hair come back out feed him and then go back in and wash it and that's exactly what I did and then he started to mooch again and I came out and she's like perfect she sat me down and did my skincare for me oh like moisturized my legs and feet made me feel like an absolute queen and then like set me up with all of my pillows and cushions in bed with my water beside me and my little box of one-handed snacks and was like this is where you're gonna stay until you know until he wakes again and I was like okay thank you so much (laughs) so I think what you need oh my goodness that was exactly what I need I think I probably um I think I, I got really lucky in those early days and then I felt so good that I probably went the opposite end of it I was like I'm great I'm you know I'm doing fantastically and um I for you know exercise is a huge part of my mental health and I think I probably then was like I'm feeling so good that I could get back into it and maybe push myself a little bit too hard so I learned my lesson there um yeah I think it's um definitely worthwhile taking the time to kind of let your body heal but I was you know I think two weeks postpartum and I was like right that's it I'm going out my walks and all this kind of stuff so I think next time around I'm going to definitely follow the principles of you know a week in bed a week by the bed and slowly kind of get back into it but um yeah I was really lucky overall I felt really nourished and really minded and I um had sort of hot meals delivered to me at my door and you know everyone who arrived was 
only there to support and help me which is really lucky I think that's probably the biggest thing I would say to people is literally put a sign on your door and just say unless you're coming to take my dirty laundry or drop me a meal come back next week and because it's okay to do that like we have a sign oh up on our door God. saying please yeah. drop me the doorbell <laughs> still yeah absolutely yeah for sure I mean why on earth would anyone ring the doorbell anyway when you have a newborn baby but I mean it's it, and it, people think it's okay too. I mean, yeah. I get now, I've got um, a, a birth client at the moment and her last birth, her her mother arrived, her, her mother-in-law actually, arrived at the front entrance to the hospital and her baby wasn't even there for another 12 hours. And it was like that pressure and that kind yeah. of, you know, visitors, I think, are should be the last on your agenda unless they are minding the mother. And I think holding the baby is, not necessarily what we should be doing I think it should be holding the mum who's holding the mum you know who's minding them and sort of supporting them in that huge transition um I see it all the time you know where I come into someone's house and the mum is like apologizing for how dirty it is and I'm like what are you talking about you know like get yourself back into bed you snuggle with your baby I'll do all the other stuff and I think you know as a postpartum doula you realize how much pressure women put themselves under to be you know totally okay and have your house a certain way and be back doing the things that you otherwise were and out in a boca having coffee I mean not at the moment but maybe before now it's hard recently they were talking about the there's an, the rate of um, newborns recovering to or gaining their birth weight back is yes, so much bigger at the moment. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It makes so much sense though, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does, um, yeah. People are at home snuggling up with their babies, doing loads of skin to skin and feeding yeah. them the, on demand. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I think as well, like people are... Um, they're looking at this newborn phase very differently because the expectation isn't there. And if we can carry that through to once, you know, we get back to normality, it would be so worth it. If that was all we learned yeah. from all of this. My own GP said the majority of his mums um, went full term. Amazing. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's all yeah. connected. We just need to learn from it and make sure that we hold on to that. Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm dying for that study to come out. There's, um, I think some of the research is still not like huge around the the lessening premature births. But how awesome would that be to just, yeah. you know, if you're at risk for having a preemie baby, you just snuggle up at home and you don't yeah. go anywhere for a bit. You just, you know, lower those cortisol levels and relax. And yeah, I think like a lot of people like just cut themselves off, like they took themselves off Facebook and make sure that they didn't have any negativity around them because it was it was such a horrible environment to be in to know if therefore it was yeah. so intense so I think that probably helped yeah so obviously absolutely. you're a lactation consultant so you're you I'm so excited about that. Yeah. yeah yeah oh my gosh that's exactly where I was at the beginning of this so I was legging it up and down the stairs it's a three-story house and I am pooped so I've been up and down the stairs like three times before we were even sat down to chat to you um so we're still breastfeeding I have no plans on weaning this guy anytime soon yeah. he's a complete addict and I love it so I've had a fa- fantastic breastfeeding experience and it's interesting because I think that's something that when you work in that field you're always a little bit worried about because you might run into trouble and you know 
asking for help in the arena that you already work in is it's a really scary one but I I think I think I just got lucky this time and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to have a wonderful experience next time but um it's certainly it's certainly sort of changed my mind in terms of how I support women and I think that um it's even just in terms of like I don't touch the babies anymore at all I sort of say okay well you know if you 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 can do this or you you move your body this way so it's literally like mum adjust their body then adjust the baby then adjust your breast and I will literally stand there with my hands behind my back sort of encouraging and suggesting and sort of encouraging mums to feel empowered and doing it themselves I see an awful lot of these mums coming home and saying well the midwife put the baby on so I don't know what to do um, you know, she's she's hungry again. How do I get her? How do I get her there? How do I how do I make sure that she's attached well? And um, I think, you know, certainly learning from my own experience, it's like you know, you actually need to learn how to do these things yourself and feel feel like you know what you're doing, feel like you know what you're looking for. So um, yeah, to answer your question, I was he latched on straight away, and we haven't looked back since. So Atticus is. Oh, 16 months now and I always joke and I'll be like oh, I might wean him before he's 18 but um <laughs> no like look if he wants to breastfeed for you know another ages that's totally fine by me and so long as we're still enjoying it and he's still enjoying it I'm not pushed but um yeah that's where we are now great okay thank you so much for coming on I really really appreciate it oh thank you for inviting me I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to share your story, you can find me on Instagram under Ireland's Birth Stories or you can send me an email at irelandsbirthstories at gmail.com and we can have a chat. So I'll bring you another episode on Monday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.